Have you ever looked at someone who is a corporate practitioner or a business owner and was curious about their journey, what they've experienced, their passion projects, and the practices that have helped them be successful in their work? The Formula Exchange Podcast is the place where the inner genius of our guest meets your curiosity. Our podcast episodes are quick chats geared towards revealing the person behind the LinkedIn profile. You'll quickly discover and learn about their journey what they're doing, and our guests will leave you with a formula to help you conquer your next. I'm your host, Dr. Lenny Cook. In his day-to-day work, Eric manages and directs the technical developments of Hilos, an IP-patented 3D-printed footwear line. Working with creative designers, engineers, and third-party experts, he creates a technical pathway for production, troubleshooting, trailing with customers, and scaling its manufacturing approach for mass customization. In this spontaneous podcast session, Eric shares how his background in electrical and mechanical engineering provides him with an understanding of foundational learning for process improvement and serve as the springboard for broadening his work and product development. Eric shares the formula for using 360-degree thinking for making good decisions by allowing yourself to slow down, dig deeper, and design for intent. Formula exchangers, you're really in for a treat today. Hey, Eric, what are you working on? I mean, right now, the heaviest part of my lifting is, is all in digital world. Um, I'm not so much physical in the cases with what I'm doing. I mean, I do get to see the, the physical outcomes, of course, in the shoes and, and things that I'm producing in the multiple lines that I'm busy working on at the same time frame. But there's been other things that have been not so, uh, I guess you could say, at the forefront of uh, technology. Um, kind of, you know, the uh, old tech is not necessarily the, uh, the I think, is a, is, a, is a misnomer. You know, old, te- uh, old tech is becoming new tech in some cases with some aspects. Um, in agriculture, when I had my uh, farm, I had an indoor aquaponic farm in downtown Portland at one point mm-hmm. for about three years. And it, it was a lot of re-engineering old tech to become new tech um, and understanding uh, the fundamentals of uh, pneumatics and then also with hydraulics and being able to get moved to, uh, water to move where you wanted to. You had to regress back to some of the earlier foundational pieces of engineering um, in order to be able to get the system to work properly. Um, it, it's, it's a different aspect of growing. It's a different way of growing completely. Um, and, and it is as difficult or more difficult than what it is that you're dealing with in the soil. Soil is actually a, what I would call kind of a slow, uh, more pro- progressive uh, way of growing. And if you want a, a fast to market, heavy, dense, uh, controlled environment kind of growing that's definitely more like aquaponics um, because it's very nutrient dense it's very uh, fast as far as growth you can turn heads of lettuce in a matter of 15 days as opposed to 35 um, and if you're strategic about it um, in the cases with actually getting those micro heads of lettuce you can actually chop it above the top of the stone and throw it back in the soil and grow another two heads of lettuce out of it um, they won't grow as fast. <laughs> no, don't, bear in mind, they won't grow as fast as what they do in an aquaponic system, but it is possible. So when you sell a head of lettuce, you can sell it as three heads of lettuce as opposed to one. 
Um, it, it's a very different aspect to what I'm doing currently in the digital world and dealing with CAD and dealing with um, aspects of, of what we call design for intent, um, which is when you lay a line on a piece of paper, it's not just putting a piece of a line on a piece of paper as a sketch. Um, it's a line that you can stretch, manipulate, push in a different directions, extrude, um, bend. Uh, there, there's a number of are split um, and multiple different aspects using a, uh, what I would call a digital foundation um, to be able to progress to something that you want. Um, and, and you put that all down on the paper from the very beginning. So in my experience, um, especially when I was in the service, I was in the Navy for 10 years. Um, and early on, I was working on a flight deck. I used to work with round planes that were moving all day long. <laughs> I have to worry about whether or not I was gonna get blown off the deck uh, by air, aircraft exhaust. But one of the things I learned back then, which would have been probably about, see, I got out in 2003, probably close to 20 years ago now. Um, and getting into about 20 years ago. Uh, is I learned what I call 360 degree thinking. And 360 degree thinking is one that's initially to practice is very difficult. It, it takes you a lot of time to figure out how to do it effectively. And what that means is that for every movement forward, uh, whether it's in a business, whether it's uh, uh, in finance, whether it's in knowledge, foundation, um, any number of aspects of what you do on a daily basis, is that before you take that first step forward is you look at all the aspects that can influence anything in that step forward. So there's going to be some aspects that are going to be, you know, let's just say you're, you're staying in front of a wall and you're getting ready to step, a step forward, but you might hit that wall. You know, so the question becomes, can I go around the wall? Can I look at different, can I turn and pivot to my right, left, or, or, or do I need to jump back because of the fact that I can't get in past the wall? Um, and is there, you know, maybe there's a bird flying by and it can actually pick me up and put me over the top of the wall. I mean, just, uh, I, I use that as a, as a kind of a comical way of talking about it, but you use that in every aspect of every decision that you make. And when you start to do that on a more fluid kind of scenario, you make very, very good decisions where you're moving forward to where you want to go and when you want to go there. Um, I've found in a lot of cases, sometimes what we do is we have a tendency of jumping ahead before actually thinking of what it is that we're doing. And I, I'm no different than anybody else out there. I've done the same thing um, many times, but I realized that when I started using this principle of 360 degree thinking, my decisions and my direction and my foundation pieces were very strong. And that suited me extremely well as far as an engineer. So people ask me, what, what exactly am I? You know, am I an electrical engineer? Because I went to electrical engineering school. Um, or am I a mechanical engineer? Or, uh, you know, whatever the, the, the topic of the moment. Because uh, they speak very intelligently about a lot of different uh, aspects of engineering in particular. I said, I'm an engineer. I'm a hardcore engineer. I've learned the foundation and anything that I move towards, I work at the foundation level and then I build everything else up. So even in the cases with Hylos, when I joined Hylos and would have been November of 2019, the, 
I guess the request was um, because I was transitioning from a, a mini Amazon company um, to Hylos. And the request was at the time they asked me, said, here's what we need from you. We need you to create a shoe and have it ready to be able to put on somebody's foot in three months. And my question, my first question then is, what do you have? What, what, what have you already developed? Well, the company had only started, opened up its doors in July. They had a bunch of sketches. They had uh, some really nice pictures, but there was nothing physical. So I had proposed to them. I said, if I decide to take this job, my requ one requirement is at this point in time is I have to have the time to be able to allow for foundational learning because I've never designed footwear before. I've never built uh, this, this aspect of the shoe in 3D printing. Um, I've done some 3D printing prior to that that I did a lot for automotive, but I didn't know anything about footwear. To be honest, I had no idea about footwear. And so um, what I had said was I said, you need to give me some foundational time. I, I need to be able to understand materials. I need to understand you know, dynamics. I need to understand biomechanics. I need to understand foundational structures. I mean, there's a whole number of aspects that in the principles of what I've used for 360 degree thinking is I took that approach from the very beginning. So let me ask you, and this was actually supposed to be a quick call, but it feels like the podcast segment itself, <laughs> which is um, fascinating. But for your experience with, you know, when you mentioned, hey, I need some time for foundational learning, right? I think so many people who are, you know, business um, aspiring business people or business owners, as well as even practitioners, they, in the corporate space, they struggle with um, taking that time, carving out that time to do that foundational mm -hmm. learning. What specific things were you, would a person need to, um, to make the time for in order mm -hmm. to know that they're ready to take the next step? Like, how, did, how would a person know when they're ready for that next uh, step? I think the way that they would know um, is, I'll give you a quick little story about this. Um, when I was doing aquaponics, I encountered a, a analytical chemist and she worked with the very first person from um, Pringles. He was, uh, he was the original scientist that created the Pringle. And one of the things that we did a huge disservice to the rest of the world um, is we got rid of the analytical chemistry labs. So, uh, and this is about the 19, late 1980s, early 1990s. Um, if you look at that approach from a business perspective, and I know it's a little bit off the subject a little bit, but I'll, I'll kind of relate it and kind of circle back. Um, you look at where, look at a company like Nabisco that's created, I believe, yeah, Nabisco that's created Oreo. And how many times and how much Oreo you've seen on the actual market, has it ever changed? It still looks like it's same physical form, it's same, I mean, they make color, they may change the color, they might change the recipe to make it look some other color, it might have some other flavor in there, something like those. but it still looks like an Oreo. And then Oreo has been around for 30 plus years. So if you look at the reference that I mentioned in the case of the analytical chemistry labs that had been disappearing back in the 1980s, late 1980s, the issue is that they don't have any foundational learning to be able to change the Oreo. And that's one of the reasons why the Oreo remains to be the same as it is today. Uh, I, I'm sure it still sells well and I'm sure it still has good throughput, 
but they've wanted these com big companies have decided they want to change the Oriole, but they can't. They funneled out all the information to all these individual people and said, okay, well, you know, we don't want to pay for it. We wanted to see, have somebody else tell us the answer. And I think in business, in too many cases, we've done the same thing. We've decided that we said, well, you know, we got to hurry up and get to market. We got to hurry up and we got to get this done. And I think as a, as a business owner, a previous business owner, and I think as a uh, founder in the company that I'm currently at, the thing that society is gradually realizing that we need those foundational learnings. We may not necessarily need them right this second, but without the foundational learnings, we can't progress to the next step. You know, we have a, a, a quick moving freight train when it comes to startups and we've got to hit, you know, certain markers. We've got to hit, you know, the funding coming in. We've got to hit the actual product going to market. And in a lot of cases with a lot of startups, they forget the fact they need the foundational pieces. You need the foundational, uh, the foundation in order to be able to stand on and move to the next level. Because if you don't have that financial learning, if you haven't set up in the beginning, we start running fast. You got to go back and figure out how to, how to re-engineer what it is you started out with. And because in small, uh, small business and start and startups in particular, it's an ever, it's an evolutionary change. You never know where you're going to go. You might have a product that might be used for soap and and a shower for somebody, but that same soap might be applicable to some you know cleaning mechanism that's used in the environment to clean off oil off of a bird when it gets in an oil site. Um, and in the cases with uh, I can't remember which is it Dawn? Yeah, yeah, it's Dawn. Dawn. Yeah. yeah, it's Dawn. And, and so. If you were a startup in Dawn, would you ever have thought that your soap would have been used to be able to clean birds off when they actually go on an oil slick? Probably not. But foundationally, the, the soap formula hasn't changed. So foundationally, they can stand on that and they can change into, you know, whether it goes and even cleans on a boat, for that matter, it doesn't matter. Um, and I think in a lot of cases with small business owners, it's easy to be able to say, this is where my target is and this is where it needs to be. But it's very difficult once you get to that point and you find out that your audience doesn't like what it is that you have and you got to figure out, okay, they like this, but they don't like that. And they like this and they, they don't like that um, to be able to reshift that. And I think with, you know, we talk about uh, fast, fast fashion and we also talk about like the slow food movement. And I think it's it's kind of funny because they're they're contrary to each other, um, and they're not they're not necessarily so complementary. And I think in business, uh, if you start with foundational learnings, you have an easy way to be able to move to the future. I think if you disregard them and you funnel that stuff out to somebody else to do for you, you're going to run into a lot of problems uh, later on. And those are problems that might be substantial or they may might be easy to overcome. But uh, my advice to most startups and anybody that would be attending this call would be, you know, I, I know it's easy to run fast, but it's running fast smartly with a foundation to stand on and take the time initially for that foundational piece to, to evolve. Um, and, and I do know that that comes with problems for financials and dealing with, you know, how do I pay my employees for that period of time? How do I get through all this heavy learning Put that into your business plan. 
put that right into your business plan because if you don't have that, you're gonna get to the end of the line, you're gonna stand before investors and they're gonna say, um, how, how you plan on progressing to the next level? And if you don't have an answer, they're not gonna give you any money. Uh, and, and I speak from my own experience on that one. I had, we just, well, we're still going through raising funds currently. I had an investor literally go through and, and ask to see every single part of my code and then ask me what I actually wrote. Now, I took a lot of offense to that initially because I'm like, what? I understand. Why would you ever want to ask that? But from an investor standpoint right now, because there's a lot of copy and paste that can happen, um, I understand his perspective. It doesn't mean it makes it any easier for me to kind of feel like I'm under the gun to really explain everything that I'm doing. So you said so much. Oh my gosh! Like uh, this is not going. This is not your quick call. I'm sorry. It's over. No, um, no it's, it's fine. It's fine. I, I've got some time for you today. So it's okay. And um, so I'll just say, um, as you were speaking towards the foundational pieces, I yep. was I I thought I heard you saying that looking and understanding the makeup of whatever your widget is or your product or your services, yep. and then understanding its function and exploring mm -hmm. without running ahead, but exploring the opportunities um, because there may be some opportunities that arise that you didn't even consider um, that are revealed by the market or, or the items themselves. So is that the gist of what it means when you say, uh, what you mean when you say the foundational principles or am I missing something? Um, I, I think in the foundational principles, it, go, it goes a little deeper than that. It's understanding every single part to stand to get to that point. So, for example, with CAD drawings in particular, you, it's, you don't just start off with a model. You know, the, the model has to, has to evolve from the very beginning. So with design for intent, you put a line on a piece of paper and you, you give it a set of variables um, to be able to manipulate that line. And then each line that stand, stands on top of that is driven by the X, Y, and Z axis points. It's driven by uh, variables that can be that can be changed. And when you finally have your model finished, there's a lot of things you can do to change. And and I'll use it as an example. If you designed a knife, let's just say you call and you designed a, a table knife inside of CAD. With a design for intent, when you designed that knife in the beginning you could actually shape shift and change that knife to a fork, or you could change and shape shift that knife to a spoon. And with the variables that you drive into the main parts of that process, you can actually build multiple things from that one line. So my foundation that I'm talking about is, like for example, if you have a shoe, you have to understand the dynamics of the materials. You have to understand the microstructures that can be applied or not applied. Um, with additive manufacturing, we can change the dynamics of any material at its base level. And that's one of the really exciting things about Pylos. And that's what we're doing is the bottom is actually all TPU and through CAD and through lattice structures and structural differences, microstructures that are inside built into the shoe and its print, we can change that whole feel. We can have a hard outside, but the inside can be completely soft. Uh, and feel like walking on a cloud. So these are the foundations that I'm talking about. It's getting all the way down, stripping everything down to the very base and saying, if I'm gonna build this, I wanna have as much latitude when I build this and understanding at the base level, 
um, in that material to be able to shapeshift and change it any way I want to. And so we haven't changed materials in our process. We've gone through three different types of, of TPU from different vendors, which are different shore thicknesses and, and sorry, shore hardnesses, but the base structure is still the same. So I've moved between three different materials and shapeshifted things to get them to replicate the same and found that some materials work really, really well and other materials like forget it, it's terrible. Um, and I've done that at the foundational level and because I've taken those foundational learnings that I took from the very beginning, I've been able to do that and I can do it very quickly. I can now, because I built it into the design for intent for our shoes, I can actually change our current shoe to a clog. I can change it to um, a, a low, low a one inch heel all within a matter of a few minutes. And I've built all that foundational work. So it allows me to, to be able to shape shift and change as they say in fast fashion. Um, I can do fast fashion across multiple different aspects of women's shoes because I've already put all those foundational pieces into the main part of the model. So I think in the cases with business, it needs to be the same. You should really consider it the same is if I'm going to do this business and this is what I plan on doing for business, what are my foundational pieces that I need to understand and learn and, and really be able to practice to be able to get my business to be successful and also knowing that at some point in the future, I might get some oddball request from some investor saying, I see how this applies here, but you know, can you do this? And if you have that foundational piece, you'll think about it for a second. You'll say, um, yeah, I think I can do that because there's X, Y, and Z that are applying in my business that would easily transfer across. You got to change and, and shape shift it a little bit and it looks a little different, but I can do you know, I can do the X and I can do the Y that the semester is asking me for. So it sounds like designing tent allows you to be more iterative. Um, yes. Even though you're taking the time to, to learn that foundational stuff. Um, and yes. that may take time. But after you get that and you design with intention, then you're mm -hmm. able to design quicker and further down the road right yeah so right. It, yeah it benefits you in the long in the long run so i do have a quick question regarding your your formula um and right. then i'll um i'll give you your time back uh, i feel like i just hijacked <laughs> <No, laughs> <I> you <laughs> um so you mentioned something that's kind of new for, for me is uh you said 360 degree thinking so yes. i guess my my at my question for you is what would your formula look like for um you know, decision-making and, and a person being able to move forward? Like what are the ingredients that's required? And then what are the steps that a person would take? Um, I would say my recipe for 360 degree thinking at this point um, is probably a lot more complex than a lot of people can do. Um, is when I take a step forward, I look at every influence that can potentially change or drive my decision. So 360 degree thinking is not just a matter of stepping forward or stepping left or right or up or down or around the actual you know, wall that we mentioned earlier. Um, it's how many influences can change that dynamic. So when I look at, um, I'll use CAD design because that CAD design is actually the easiest way I can actually explain this at the moment, um, is, is that when I look at, changes that happen in amongst the different types of shoes. 
I look at what actually, where those influences come from and where they go. So you might have a compound, compound curved surface that may change with the foot, but the question becomes where and how and, and how exactly does it shift and where exactly does it shift? And, and it's kind of like a, like a scale. So you have a scale that can be very linear and X, Y, and Z axis points. But if you look at the, the scale across the entire scope, it actually moves up, down, around. Uh, it can change the, the whole entire course of the compound curve. So my thought process is at the same time frame is, is that with the decision moving ahead, it's like where are all my influences all the way around me, um, aside from just making a decision whether to step back or step forward, um, it's comprised of both. So I take the influences in conjunction to the actual decision that's being made and looking at the systematic approach of the entire process. So when I hire an employee, I ask a lot of questions about their background because I know based on my own experiences that there's experiences that a lot of the time that we disregard that don't really influence how it is that we move ahead when that's completely false. Um, there's a lot of experiences that you internalize that sometimes come about in your resume and sometimes do not. Um, and you have to dig a little deeper to understand how exactly is this person going to respond? How exactly is what she's done in her past or in his past um, to be able to influence where it is I want to go? Sometimes you make really good decisions, sometimes you don't, but you learn from all those and you use those as influences to say, all right, this person didn't work out so well, this is why, bing, 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 bing. There's a number of reasons why there was, there was problems. I saw a lot of potential in what it is that I saw in his background and his experiences on how he would be able to move ahead, but some part of whatever it is that he told me was, or, or she told me was incorrect. So I need to fix that and then I move on to the next, you know, the next decision. So I use all those uh, experiences with multiple different interactions with people to understand the dynamics of one, uh, I guess you could say intellectual thought uh, is a part of that and the connection points and the, what you see in the evolution of what it is that the person may uh, may become. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's really hard to explain. It's definitely a hard point to explain for a formula. Um, but I think it is if you were standing on a ball and you're standing on the top of the ball, the ball can move around underneath your feet, right? And if it's moving around underneath the bottom of your feet, you have to figure out where to go. You have to, you have to make a decision somewhere. You have to be able to move left, right, forward, back, up and down, around the case uh, on the actual ball itself. And you're staying on an individual point. If you stand on an individual point, it's very easy to uh, you know, rock around on the top of the, action, the, the ball, right? So if you use that to, to influence all of your actual uh, decisions and see where it is that you're going, and if you have the foundation underneath you, which is the ball, and you, you're like, well, you know, it could go this direction, this direction, this direction, whatever the case may be, you are able to make intelligent decisions to get the ball to move forward or move back or decide or where the case would be. But you've got that foundational piece enough there to say, I can connect to this point 
I can actually uh, understand this point. I know that I need to move it forward or I need to move it whatever direction. And there's all these other things that are around me, if I don't consider them, that move might be a half move to the side, but it might be a full move to the front. Okay, so yeah, I think I'm extracting the formula, right? Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> excuse me. So what I have is right. um, look at every influence that can change or drive the decision. Um, right. Explore, you know, how many influences can change the dynamic of, uh, I guess, the outcome that you would hope yeah. for. Um, and then um, look at those influences in conjunction to um, the decisions that are being made. Um, and there mm -hmm. may be multiple or likely there would be multiple decisions to be made. Um, yeah. And then so with the decisions that you do make, um, look at a systematic approach to being able to dig deeper um, and understand the dynamics that um, could further impact those that should further impact the decision being made. Did I cover it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's probably about the best way to put it. I mean, for me, it's, it, it, I think we're easy to make a fast response. We're always easy to make this fast, quick response. And I think what I've learned over time is, is that because I'm using these principles of 360 degree thinking, you know, the, the response time of what I was doing back in when I was 18 was different than what it is that I'm you know, now almost 46. And because there's all this wisdom that's incorporated then, and so every decision that I try to make, um, or I do, not necessarily try, but I do make these days, is very well thought out. And even to my boss, his, his point the other day, he's like, you make really, really good decisions. I said, well, yeah, because one, I don't do it on a cuff. And I, and I have a young, younger founder on my team, of which she makes really fast decisions. And I'm just kind of like, I don't oh, know yeah. about that. Yeah. yeah, I don't know about that. I would kind of think twice about that one. Um, and, and I encourage um, the younger generation at this day and age. I know that with all the, you know, the hoopla and everything is happening with the internet, and you know, you know, people are attached to their phone and, and they're always searching for information is really trying to digest that information. You know, take that minute to pause just to kind of think about what it is that you're doing at that particular moment because you can make some really bad decisions or you can make okay decisions based on the information you have. And I think in too many cases and too many circumstances, I've heard about startups that have done that. They've made these quick, fast decisions. You're like, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm right on the money. And I'm like, are you really sure that you're right on the money? Are you really sure that the, the foundational pieces that you have are strong enough to stand on when you got investors that are breathing down your neck, you got people that are breathing down your neck, you got a market economy that's going up and down like, you know, like water. I mean, the market economy right now goes up and down like water these days. Yeah. And, and it's like, can you stand on that foundation when you're there? You know, you know I think there's an incredible pressure to perform and to always be doing something and sometimes it's just performative in terms of um, the effectiveness that those decisions that people end up making um, are. Right. Um, so I guess the last point that I will ask you to speak towards is how can you, and if you find yourself immersed in a very fast paced space, like how can mm -hmm. you um, encourage like a slowdown so that, you know, actual 
strong 360 type decisions can be made? Um, usually, I, I know that there is there's a high high demand for fast paced um, anything these days. Um, in some cases, uh, it's easy to kind of say, "Hey, I need to put on the brakes on this." Uh, in other cases, I have to have a uh, fairly substantial reason to want to put on the brakes a little bit. Um, usually, what I do in the cases because there's sometimes, like for example, I got five lines of shoes I'm busy working on. And I'm working on the weekends and part of what I've had to do in some cases because of the, the what I would call the, the, the fast performing performance <laughs> um, is I typically will, will, will say, listen, here's where I'm at. This is exactly where I'm at. You know, if we continue down this road, we're going to run into a lot of problems and here's why. And I've generally come up with a full game plan at that point because I've already thought about it. I've well, I thought about it long beforehand. And so I do understand the, the ideals of what people want that, you know, they want the fast performing everything these days and they're not willing to wait for it. But part of what I think is important is, is that um, because they want that fast performance, you have to know where your limitation is and you have to know in amongst yourself. Um, you have to know when it's like, this is too much. This is driving me crazy. I'm working my weekends. Um, and know that there has to be a stopping point at some point. You have to have a breather. There's just no way you can continue to run and run and run and run and run. Um, and I'll, I'll use a, a, as another example to that one. I went on vacation about uh, two weeks ago. And I went on vacation for 11 days. I literally took my phone off the hook and nobody could get a hold of me. And I told my boss this long in advance. I told him about two months in advance. And I said, I am taking vacation for 11 days before this, or for, during this time frame, and I won't be reachable. What do you need from me to make sure that this business doesn't fall on its face? And what do, what do you need from me to be able to keep this business running? Because I know that I carry a really heavy portion of this, uh, I, I carry all the all the uh, development. I carry all the actual design work. I deal with all. I mean, like literally, I'm the powerhouse for the company for the actual technology side of things. I want to make sure that the company is still successful, that the company doesn't have any problems, and if they do have problems, they're minimal, and that you're in a, in a situation where you can still continue to run. And as a founder and as a, an employee of this company. I believe that this is what's most important because people don't stick around forever in a day. And if, if anybody that's had a startup knows this, people will come and go. I mean, they come like come and go like the wind. If you expect an employee going to stay with you for 10 years, you're, you're fooling yourself. It doesn't happen anymore. Come, and people just don't do it. They just don't stick around. I mean, there's too many other potential opportunities that they can say, oh, yeah, well, I worked there for a while and now I want to work over here. Um, it doesn't mean that they won't, but you have to put that mindset into your actual business and you have to be able to be prepared for that. So when people take vacation, in the cases of what I was doing, I literally, you know, busted my butt for about seven weeks before I got ready to go on vacation. I put everything in place that I could possibly imagine that I was thinking about that would happen during those two weeks that I was gone. And like, as I had planned out, Things went okay. You know, things went fine while I was gone for the two weeks that I was gone. 
And I was thankful that I had that time to be able to reconnect with my family, reconnect with, you know, who it is that I am every day and just kind of get out of the, the daily monotony of, of having a startup. I mean, it's, it's a tough position to be in. And literally I haven't taken and didn't take vacation prior to that for 18 months. And this is like a long stretch. Um, and so in startups, it, it's part of every, everybody that gets involved in a startup sometimes runs real fast and they forget about who it is they are. They forget about the regular job. They for, or sorry, they forget about the regular life. They dedicate all their life to their job, which, you know, I, I applaud those that are in the same position of what I do. But you have to know that at some point you have to give time to yourself because you, you're just going to burn yourself out so so quickly. And if you don't take that time for yourself, you're fooling yourself because at some point either you're going to you know, fall down somewhere and you're going to have a major problem or you're going to burn yourself out so much you're going to throw your hands up in the air and say, forget it, I'm not going to do this anymore. Um, and that's not what anybody wants. Everybody wants you to be successful and everybody wants you to, to become more educated and more experienced and everything else. And it's your job as a human being, um, being in a company like that, to acknowledge and say, hey, I had enough. I need, I need some, I need a vacation because this is, I've been running so long for like this. It's just, it's very hard to sustain. And uh, I think in a lot of cases because of dealing with fast fashion and dealing with the internet and the connection points and not being able to tune out things the way we did. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm older than you are. And Maybe, and, and maybe not. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Uh, but I, I think about when I was a kid back in the, in the 1970s, 1980s, that life was much different. You know, I watched the internet show up. I watched all the computer stuff happen. I was, I was one of those, those kids that was dealing with the, uh, the, the teletypers almost. It was the LED screen, uh, LCD screen where the stuff would come across, scrolling across on the actual screen. And I would have never guessed that we would be, it's almost like people are like hitched into the internet all the time. And I saw the early days of that. And to this day, even my daughter, I, I scrutinize her time on a phone or on a computer or the case would be, because I think it's important for her to be able to connect to herself. And I think in too many cases, we, we get all this garbage across the internet and um, she is multicultural as well. Uh, <laughs> She's, she's Chinese. She's half Chinese and half, uh, half American. But um, so she gets a lot more than most kids do, but a little more so. But it's one of those things that I think connection time is really, really super important. And I can't underestimate that at all. So certainly with what it is that I do, because even that I need that too. Yeah. So I think I hear you saying, saying that you actually get more out of yourself when you slow down, um, not only in your decision making, but also yeah. just taking the time to check in with yourself um, so yeah. that you can check in with yourself, but also um, not overwhelm yourself with, you know, the task to be done wherever, whether it's at home or in work or in corporate, wherever. Um, yeah. So with that said, do you have any final, since we are treating this as your podcast, <laughs> do you have, because this was just, this was just so good that I can't just say, okay, this was the quick call and then I'll reconnect with you. For oh, no, podcast. definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah, Thank, was, thankfully, I, I have time to be able to chat today too. Yeah. The timing was good because 
usually at this time in the morning, it's actually much better for me to have these kind of chats because later in the day, I'm just like too, I mean, I'm either too busy or I'm too swamped in the afternoon. Um, so actually the timing was really, really good across the scope. But um, I think the, the one thing I would um, project to the audience would be is uh, allow yourself the mental space to be able to progress. And in this day and age, many, you know, I've read lots of different books. I, I still remember one of the books that I read, which was called Change Your Life, Change Your Brain. Um, it's a psychological book. And if, if you're not into psychological books, I guarantee you it's going to put you to sleep because uh, <laughs> it's, it's quite analytical. But um, part of what uh, I think is really super important across the scope is mental health cannot be underestimated. Um, I think in a lot of cases with everything that's happening in today's age, it's easy to connect and tune out um, and just kind of get caught up in all the, the uh, I guess the, the term would be hoopla that happens, um, you know, whether it's, you know, misinformation, whether it's, you know, information that all the, the world is ending because we've got all this war stuff going on and all this other stuff, just tuning out. Tune it out and, and get in tune with yourself. Mentally, you need to in order to be able to be progressive and, and be at the forefront. The world will change as it, as it has for quite a few years. But if you're in, in the mental space where you know who it is that you are and where you are and where your business is, you will always progress. You know, not all businesses are successful. Not all businesses make that stride. Uh, Unfortunately, with my aquaponics business, it wasn't the right place at the right time. You know, if I would have known that the pandemic would have happened, you know, a year, actually a year and a half later, I probably would have stuck with my business because that business would have done really extremely well. Um, but I didn't know that at the time. Uh, I look at it as I, I have no regrets about the business. I enjoyed the business a great deal. I learned a heck of a lot. I still have people that are busy knocking on my door from time to time about all the analytics that I was doing because I was looking at micro and macronutrients. And I think to my point is, is that was a foundational piece that I chose. It was a foundational piece that I chose to learn and chose to understand. And so everything that I do, I choose foundational pieces to start. I don't do the jack of all trades. If you want to call me anything, you can call me a Renaissance man because Renaissance men learn the foundational pieces in order to be able to be successful. Jack of all trades just do it in order to be able to just, they're, they're masters of none. And you can't be everywhere at the same time, but use the foundational time that you learn all these individual pieces, make really good notes, because I guarantee you're going to go back to them um, and, and make yourself a really foundational learned piece for any business that you're part of. Because that's the people that stick around and that's the people that actually make foundational pieces of the actual society. It's not the ones that are the jack of all trades. They'll be in there, they'll come in, they'll do whatever it is they do and then like, and they come and go. You, you, can do, you can come and go if you want, but if you're a foundational piece, you're truly a renaissance person in, in the cases of what it is you perform. Thank you so much um, for hey, you're welcome. lending your time and sharing your, your thoughts and really, this is very inspiring. So thank you for just sharing. Um, wow, this is wonderful. All right. Have a great day. Okay. The same to you. Thanks, Lanessa. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.